physician assistants as practice owners. There are many states that allow physician assistants to own a medical practice. Some of these practices employ many physicians. Does it matter who signs the paycheck? You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre, your host, and I have two guests with me today. Steve Cornell, who is the managing editor and web editor for the journal Advance for Physician Assistance, and a journalist that has been covering the PA profession since 1996. We also have Bob Hollingsworth, who has been a physician assistant since 1981 and is the owner of Red Springs Family Medical Clinic in Red Springs, North Carolina. Today, we are discussing physician assistants as practice owners. Steve, Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Steve, you recently published an article in advance where you covered the topic of physician assistant owners. What inspired you to write about that topic? Well, as part of my job, I talk to a lot of PAs and I go to conferences and I read a lot about PAs. And every now and then I would run across a story about a PA owner. And I would see these people once in a while and talk to them once in a while, but I really didn't know any details. So I was very interested to find out what went into it, you know, what the details were. And I figured if I didn't know much about it, then probably other PAs didn't know much about it. It piqued my interest as I met various people now and then over the years. Since you published that article, there's been some recent changes In late October, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services dropped a legal challenge to the ability of PAs to hold ownership rights in legal entities that bill for Medicare services. This is a very important legal victory for PAs who wish to open their own practice. What impact do you think that this will have on the future of PA ownership? Well, I think it's very important for the future of PA ownership. I was pretty surprised to see that someone had challenged it because I thought that the rule was pretty well established. And I think other people were surprised that it was challenged, too. And it was good to see that the AAPA jumped right on that and brought up the point that PA ownership needs to be reimbursed. You know, I think a lot of people were relieved that the PA profession won the challenge. So does that mean that the AAPA, or the American Academy of Physician Assistants, is in support of PA owners? I think they are. I mean, clearly they were in support of this reimbursement for PA owners. I can't say, you know, how supportive or non-supportive they are in general. What about the American Medical Association? I don't know. I have not heard that they oppose it. I'm sure there are individual physicians who aren't happy about it, but I'm sure there are people on both sides of the issue. It's important to note that physician assistants are dependent practitioners, and they must be associated with a supervising physician. Also, the ability for a PA to own a practice is state-dependent. And there are many states that are very pro-PA, such as North Carolina, which is where Bob owns his practice. Bob? Tell us about how you became a PA owner. Well, I had been employed by a practice that was an urgent care center in my local community. It was owned by two nurses, as a matter of fact. Uh, Since you're discussing PA ownership, these two nurses actually owned the business. And they had hired a physician to be the supervisor and me to be the practice manager. And it just didn't quite work out for them. And I lived in the community. It's a small community, much like Mayberry. I wanted to stay here, and I just thought, you know, the only way to do that is to think about buying the practice. So the practice wasn't working well, and I thought, what fool will do this? Well, I did it, and it's worked out fine for me. It's taken two years to actually begin to break even monetarily, but that's the way business is any place, I think. So that's how it worked out. The supervisor was my supervisor prior to buying the practice, continues to be my supervisor, and, and the relationship was the same, so that on Friday they owned the clinic, and on Monday I did. How does the relationship work with you and your supervising physician? Well, he has a practice about 30 miles from me, 
and I contact him pretty frequently about medical issues that are a problem. In North Carolina, we actually have what's called a collaborative agreement, which is different than many states where they have a supervisory agreement where the physician has to come in and physically sign charts and oversee everything the PA does on occasion. Well, in North Carolina, we have an agreement that requires us to have a meeting every six months after you've been with a supervising physician for a period of time, and he doesn't sign any charts. We review medical problems. We keep records of the meetings. The Board of Medical Examiners reviews that, and that's how our supervisory requirements are met. How about malpractice? I carry my own malpractice insurance, and the supervisor, Dr. Falkenberry in Laurenburg, uh, carries his own malpractice. He has his own practice, and I have mine. And billing for services is always an issue. How does a PA get reimbursed for the work that they do? Well, I was really surprised to hear what happened in October. I was not aware that occurred after speaking with you. And Steve, that's the first I've heard of it. I'm going to have to explore that. Basically, we bill under Dr. Falkenberry, or we bill under me, depending on what we're doing. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Lisa DeAndre, your host, and with me today is Steve Cornell, Managing Editor and Web Editor for the journal Advance for Physician Assistance, and Bob Hollingsworth, a PA and owner of Red Springs Family Medical Clinic in Red Springs, North Carolina. Today we are discussing physician assistance as practice owners. So Bob, did you have an entrepreneurial spirit? I really don't think so. In fact, uh, I'd always made the comment to other colleagues I was never going to do this, that it would be more than I'd want to undertake. So I don't think there's an entrepreneurial spirit. I just think that I wanted to stay in my community, and this was the best way that I could do it. That's why I took this on, not that I wanted to make any statement. And how are you treated by your community and and by other physicians in the community? I'm really treated very well. Uh, I'm the football doctor for the local football team. That's what they call me. I make house calls on my patients. The patients and the community has accepted me very, very well. We're members of the community. I'm in the local Rotary Club. we go to the local churches. The physicians are great friends of mine. I'm actually treated as one of their colleagues. I belong to the local county medical society, and I'm expected to be a part of that. I'm treated very well. What about hospitals, admitting privileges? Do you round in hospitals? I do not, and I don't know any PA owners that do. There may be some. There are many more than just me, and many that have been PA owners much longer than I have. I'm surprised I'm the one that's asked to do this. As far as hospital privileges are concerned, if I have to have a patient admitted, uh, almost all hospitals use what's called a hospitalist now, and those are employed physicians that manage patients in the hospital. And all four regional hospitals around me have a hospitalist program that I have an excellent relationship with. So basically, any of my patients that have to be admitted are admitted to the hospitalists at those facilities. They actually send those patients back to me for management. I even have subspecialist colleagues that refer patients to me for primary care when they show up in their office without a primary care physician or practitioner. Steve, Bob works alone in his practice, which has different challenges than other PAs that you interviewed. One of the PAs that you interviewed had two MDs working with him. Combining a physician-PA relationship with an employer-employee relationship sounds very complicated. How do PAs make that relationship successful? Well, I think you're right. I think it's a really complex relationship, especially in practices where the PA and the the physician are there all the time. I think it's kind of an individual thing where the PA and the physician have to work it out themselves. I mean, it is unique in that the physician is the supervisor for, you know, for all clinical matters, and yet the PA is the employer and the physician is the employee. I mean, some people that I've talked to have had trouble, have gone through several physicians before they found one they were comfortable with. Others have said that the 
relationship just is tremendous and has been tremendous from the get-go. While there's certainly a shortage of primary care physicians, and with decreasing reimbursements, more and more primary care practices will be closing. Bob, what advice would you give a PA who might be considering buying a practice? Well, I think that the PA that's going to buy his own practice has got to first off realize that he's either there by himself or he's there with an employee that is a physician. And the PA that's going to be by himself has really got to know their limitations. You know, in many places, they're going to be shunned by the physician in the community, and they've got to be prepared to handle that. They've got to be prepared for that fact of not making any money for the first couple of years while the practice is growing, just like any business does. And the thing that bothers me most about anybody buying a clinic, PA nurse practitioner, anybody, is, is a lot of people think that this is a quick way to get rich scheme. And you know what? That's not what medicine's about. Medicine's about taking care of people. And um, if you're going in it for that reason, you shouldn't do that. So, you know, the person that is getting into this needs to get into it with the idea they're going to be practicing medicine and doing something that's ethical and has a good business model. The next thing that I think is important is for us to remember that this is a privilege to be able to do this. You know, I'm certainly, I think, in the frontier. I didn't mean to get in the frontier, but this is where I'm at, and so are my colleagues that do this. I think that we have to model ourselves so that the physicians that come in and see our practice don't see us as playing medicine, as many of us will be accused of doing. We need to remember that we're doing something that's completely unique to what the PA profession has been designed for. And by doing that, we need to maintain a real professional attitude and show those physicians that may be opposed to us that we're capable of doing this and doing it right. How can people find out more information? I'm happy to talk to anybody that wants to learn how to do this or that wants to see what stumbling blocks I may have run into It amazes me how many phone calls I've gotten from that article that Steve did and, you know, how many people have called and asked me advice. I don't have all the answers. I want anybody to know that. And I'm no expert at this. I'm just a guy that got out in the woods and tried it, and and I've made mistakes, and I'm I'm willing to help those people not make the same mistakes I've made, but there have been people that have called me and made suggestions on how they want to do something I've tried, and it worked better for me, billing, for instance. So I'm willing to help anybody that wants to try this. And how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can certainly call me at my office. My office is 910-843-9991 in Red Springs, North Carolina. And my email, and I'm not afraid to give that, is mrbob, Mr. Bob, with no period, 001 at hotmail.com. You know, I'm willing to answer any questions anybody's got, and I'm willing to be involved with anybody that would like some help in this. I'd like to thank Steve and Bob for joining us today and discussing physician assistance as practice owners. I'm Lisa DeAndre, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And thanks for listening.